Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. During the night, there was a tragedy. Grammy Awards winning singer Lisa Left Eye Lopez of the popular group TLC was killed in a car accident in Honduras. Lisa Left Eye Lopez shot to fame in the early 90s in groundbreaking R&B girl group TLC. The band's eccentric style and socially conscious lyrics made them superstars and spokeswomen for a generation. In my opinion, Lisa's role in TLC was the creative force. Lisa's rapping made her the undisputed queen of 90s hip-hop. Lisa was a giant of the early hip-hop scene. But her confrontational style spilled into her personal life. On some nights, she'd act so crazy that the law had to be called. In a gray Mercedes with her lawyer and friends, hip-hop singer Lisa Lopez surrenders to police. And then, in 2002... At just 30 years of age. Extremely talented, sometimes volatile young star Lisa Lopez died in a car crash in Honduras late last night. Lisa's death was both tragic and mysterious because she'd lost control of a car in broad daylight on a quiet country road. All reports seem to suggest that she was fit and well at the time of the crash. So I want to examine her health and her state of mind in the days leading up to this accident to throw some light on how this legend of urban music came to die so tragically in this remote tropical paradise. World-renowned medical examiner and forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has performed around 5,000 autopsies, collaborating closely with law enforcement and other forensic specialists. His pivotal role in investigating suspicious cases has revealed the truth behind mysterious deaths for over 20 years. Eyewitness accounts and medical background are vital to my investigation, but I'll also pay attention to reports from those who knew Lisa to create a detailed picture of what was going on in the days and weeks before her death. I also have access to video material taken in the days leading up to and including Lisa's fatal crash. I'll need to put all this information together if I'm going to get to the truth about what really led to this tragic accident. March 30th, 2002. Usha Village, Honduras. Lisa has 26 days to live. Lisa and her entourage check into Usha Village a holistic retreat deep in the Honduran jungle. It's Lisa's escape from her hectic rap star life. Ronald Lopez, Lisa's brother. Usha was definitely a getaway for Lisa. I remember one time she uh, was in Usha, I think for almost like six months. Yeah, she, she really loved it. Lisa was passionate about the Usha village retreat, and she liked to take members of her family to visit. This time, she's brought her brother Ronald and sister Raindrop. It was just beautiful. I mean, that was the first impression. You go down there and it's just land, it's underdeveloped. You know, it's 
close to nature. It's like everything is natural. All the food is grown on the property, and it's serene. It's no technology. Also among Lisa's entourage are a film crew shooting a documentary, and aspiring girl band Egypt, who Lisa has recently taken under her wing. The 2002 trip started with Lisa wanting to take her new group to Honduras to cleanse, and it was kind of like an artist development. Her artists would get like a 360. Um, development, as far as you know, spiritually, physically, mentally, and also with like the singing and the dancing. Egypt are not so impressed with their mentor's choice of accommodation. I mean, I think it was like a culture shock for them because you know they're they're these Philly you know city chicks, and you know they just hear okay we're going to Honduras. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know they were going to be sleeping in huts. With you know, no TV, no radio. <laughs> Looking at the video footage of her last weeks at the retreat in Honduras, Lisa looks relaxed and generally appears to be fit and well. And from reports, she's clearly someone who is in control. She's mentoring a young group of aspiring singers, making a documentary, and looking after her siblings. I want to find out what else was going on in this tropical retreat. That could have had a bearing on Lisa's death. Lisa Nicole Lopez was born on May twenty seventh, nineteen seventy one. She was the first daughter of Ron, an army staff sergeant, and Wanda, a seamstress. Growing up with her sister Raindrop and her brother Ron in Philadelphia, Lisa took to art and music, encouraged by her dad, who was a keen amateur musician. He played the saxophone, the clarinet, and the piano, harmonica. Lisa, I think she got a lot of her talent from you know his musical side. Lisa was his、um, star child, you know, and、um, I guess she probably reminded him of himself. Her parents' marriage collapsed when Lisa was 13. She went to live with her paternal grandmother, and gradually her talents revealed themselves. She had a passion for music,、uh, dancing. She would teach us、um, songs and plays and skits to do for family members or friends that would come by. It was inevitable. She was going to make it big. When she was 19, Lisa got her big break in an open casting for a new girl group in Atlanta, and in 1992, TLC was launched. Jay Marose, Lisa's publicist and close friend. Lisa loved being in TLC. She absolutely did. She loved. Uh, T and and Chili as sisters, and they fought like sisters. The girls were an instant hit with their carefully manufactured image, and their first single, "Ain't Too Proud to Beg," captured the mood of the time. The three girls all adopted stage names: T Boz, Chili, and Lisa chose the name Left Eye after another artist said he liked her left eye. She went on to use the name to promote safe sex to her following of young girls. She made it a point to wear the condom on her glasses, and I think Lisa changed the way that females were able to, I guess, speak out on certain things, like as far as you know, the safe sex issue. TLC went on to have four number one singles and four multi-platinum albums, making them one of the most successful girl bands of all time. Lisa and TLC were a great success story, so 
I'm interested to know what it was that drove Lisa away at the height of her career to this basic retreat in the middle of the Honduran jungle. Was it just a holiday or was there more to it? And I'm particularly intrigued by the routine that Lisa and her entourage were following during their stay in Honduras. April 2nd, 2002. Usha Village, Honduras. 23 days before Lisa's death. After a few days of acclimatizing in the holistic retreat, Lisa and her team are ready to begin their special diet, which will consist of carefully selected herbs and vegetables. Usha Village is the brainchild of self-proclaimed healer, Dr. Sebi. Welcome to the Usha Research Institute. Dr. Sebi claimed he could cure anyone of any disease using a restricted diet and special herbs. She was always on a journey of self-discovery. And then you hear about this guy that's cured all these diseases. I mean, most people would be interested, you know, so... She was interested in going down there and learning more about cleansing and the herbs and stuff like that. I've been looking into who this Dr. Sebi really was. I found out that his real name is Alfredo Bowman, and he died in 2016. He had no medical training at all, yet he claimed he could cure all disease, including AIDS, using traditional African medicine. AIDS is the easiest thing to cure. People think that AIDS is difficult. To me, everything is easy, and to you, it should be too. Dr. Sabian was pretty controversial in his views about HIV and AIDS, which ran contrary to what was going on in the medical community at the time. There is cure for AIDS and every other disease. There is no scientific evidence to back up any of his claims. In fact, to date, there is still no cure for HIV and AIDS. So the assertions Dr. Sebi was making are outlandish, to say the least. He claimed to affect his cures by using a combination of herbs and purging, or cleansing the body. Dr. Sebi's process is anyone that goes to the village regardless of what issue you have and you know if you have a disease or whatever everyone gets three main herbs and those herbs are to cleanse the body it's unclear exactly what lisa was taking but cleansing herbs are supposed to purify the body by flushing out toxins a purge like this is believed by some to improve liver and bowel function by clearing out the intestinal tract and Dr. Sabi's purge involved a drink made from tree roots. They're pretty much roots out of the ground. There's just these dark brown sticks, and they boil them in water, and you drink the water. One of them wasn't too bad. One of them I describe as like sewage water. The third one. Oh my gosh. It tastes like straight up liquid earwax. Three times a day, meal times include drinking glasses of the specially prepared liquid. Egypt had a tough time with the herbs. I think most people had a tough time with the herbs. The body vomits automatically to reject something it finds unpalatable. So I'm concerned about exactly what these herbs were. Also, there is no scientific evidence that purging the body like this actually has any beneficial effects at all. In fact, the body is more than capable of dealing with toxins that may accumulate. And often extreme purging like this can be dangerous. 
as it can deprive the body of valuable proteins and fats. If Lisa had been depriving her body of key nutrients for a prolonged period of time, I have to wonder if this extreme purging had any effect on her driving or reaction times. I can see from the footage that her protégés Egypt are all having extreme reactions to these herbs, but Lisa seems to have built up a tolerance from having taken the herbs regularly over the five years she'd been visiting Usha. So I don't believe the purging would have had any influence on her crash. Clearly, Lisa felt she was benefiting from her many visits, but I need to find out what made Lisa put herself through such an extreme ordeal in the first place. She will be officially arrested and then transported to the uh, Polk County Jail. Me and alcohol. <laughs> when we get together, it's a different story. Hey, it's Dr. Michael Hunter. Did you know you can stream the autopsy television series on Roku and Fire TV? Well, you can. Just download the Reels app and subscribe to see the TV show behind this podcast. And if you've got Prime, it's on Amazon channels too. You could even find episodes like Gary Shandling, Tom Petty, and Batman's Adam West before they're released here. Autopsy comes from the real-life mystery fans at Reels Channel. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Spring 2002. Rap star Lisa Lefty Lopez was killed driving seven passengers on a quiet open road in Honduras. Dr. Michael Hunter has investigated thousands of deaths including hundreds of road traffic accidents. He's taking a closer look at the tragic death of this 30-year-old musical icon. The first thing I look at when someone has been in a car accident is, have they been drinking? And I have many reports here that suggest Lisa had a problem with alcohol and that this problem began at home. My dad was an alcoholic. Like, an alcoholic on another level. I mean, probably almost half of my memories of my dad was him being drunk. He was an avid alcohol drinker. And it wasn't just that. It was that when he drank alcohol, he would just become this totally different person. Lisa became closer to her father when they started drinking together. He was pretty young when he gave her her first beer, like, maybe like five or six or something like that. And from age 15, Lisa and her dad would regularly get drunk. My father come over and check on me every weekend. We'd have the case of beer, you know? And hey, we'd get down. And that was one of the ways I got a lot of attention. So that was my thing, you know? I would drink, and my father would say, look at her go, look at her go. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. Now, there's a reason why there's an age limit for drinking. It's because we know that you know, the earlier you start with alcohol, the much more likely you are to become dependent on alcohol. It, it would have been, you know, unbelievably detrimental to not just her physiology, but also her psychology, because beyond that, what's happening there is, again, the normalization of a quite a dysfunctional behavior. But there was a dark side to Lisa's father's drinking. It made him aggressive. Oh, he was very violent, mostly to my mother. 
you know, um, uh, a couple times to me. Most days, if he was there, my dad was there, yes, there would be an altercation, a fight. Then on January 25th, 1991, Lisa's father was killed in a drunken fight on the same day that TLC were signed. My dad was drunk, intoxicated, and his cousin may have been intoxicated, I'm not sure, but pulled out a gun, shot him. Lisa, I believe, probably took it the hardest because she had the closest relationship to my dad. Alcohol affects your brain by altering certain neurotransmitter receptors to make you feel more relaxed or sedated. It also signals the release of higher levels of the chemical dopamine. This activates your brain's reward center, making you feel good and raising your levels of self-confidence, as well as removing some of the behavioral restrictions we place ourselves under when sober. The result of this is that alcohol often appears to alter the personality and can increase aggression. And I can see that like her father, when Lisa drank, she became aggressive. September 15, 1993, the Georgia Dome Arena, Atlanta, Georgia. Lisa was watching a football game, but she'd been drinking. Craig Seymour, journalist. Lisa had a lot of run-ins with the um, Atlanta Police Department because of her drinking. She was thrown out of sports games. She was thrown out of bars. This was kind of a consistent thing in the early days. Lisa was charged with disorderly conduct while intoxicated. The subject, uh, Lopez, started to walk away, refused to stop. Lisa got a suspended sentence, and she was ordered to attend alcohol counseling. But this was just the beginning. There was incident after incident. After incident. It's hard to even remember the specific ones because some just ended in arrest and she was dropped. Others, they let her go for whatever reason. She became a different person when she drank and she just got herself in a lot of trouble. From reports, it appears that as TLC became more successful, Lisa's relationship with alcohol became more volatile. And I can see that in 1994, there's one incident that suggests that Lisa's drinking was spiraling out of control. By the time she was 23, Lisa was in a volatile relationship with wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, Andre Rison. Wow, Lisa's relationship with Andre was, I mean, it was up and down. I mean, I would say they genuinely loved each other. When they were good, they were good. And when it was bad, it was bad. June 8th. 1994, Atlanta, Georgia. After a long, hard night on the town, Lisa and Andre get into a fight. Both have been drinking. You just hear all this arguing and, you know, just noise. After Andre left, I just saw Lisa and, you know, she just looked like they had been in a fight, you know, and she had bruises on her face and stuff like that. I just saw her, you know, go in the closet and grab Andre's sneakers threw him in the tub, threw a match in there. She was just standing there, just, you know, looking at the flames, kind of hypnotized. I think she felt she needed some sort of hugely grand gesture so he could hear her anger, her pain, her angst. And I think also she probably wasn't in a state of mind where she thought through the consequences of what would happen once all those sneakers went up in flames. 
So all of a sudden, the flames just kept getting higher and higher and higher, and now they're up to the roof. At that point, the entire tub went up. That's how the house burned down. Within minutes, the fire gutted the home and consumed its contents. She will be read the charges, but at that point, she will receive the official charges, and from that point on, she will be officially arrested and then transported to the uh, Fulton County Jail. Lisa was back in court, and this time, she faced the charge of arson. She was sentenced to probation and sentenced to a diversion center for alcohol and drug treatment. But she resisted the treatment. Lisa never said that she was an alcoholic, to the point that when she went to, when she had, was forced to go to AA meetings and people stand up and go, you know, hi, my name is whatever, and I'm an alcoholic, she would get up and say something different every single meeting. So she would get up and say, hi, I'm Lisa Lopez, and I'm a Gemini, and then sit down. I think one of the things that, that Lisa very much was about was managing how she was seen. You know, she was this little five-foot-nothing bundle of energy and creativity and, and, and bravery. And I think, in some ways, she wanted to reject labels. Well, she's not going to be defined by a judge or a system or, or even just sort of common sense as someone with an alcohol problem. From reports, I can see that Lisa still had an alcohol problem when she first visited Dr. Sabi seven years before her death. And I'm investigating how Lisa came to die in a car crash. So her continuing problems with alcohol are disturbing. I have to ask, was she drunk at the wheel? All the passenger statements, however, say that Lisa had not been drinking. So if Lisa was sober, then I still need to find out how she came to crash the car. My investigation into the regimen at USHA has revealed disturbing facts about some of the substances Dr. Sabi was using in his controversial treatments. Could Lisa's fatal crash have been caused by anything else that was on offer in USHA Village? Yes, marijuana. That's a God's product. Take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You really deserve gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door starting at just $22. For decades, women have had two options for coloring their hair, outdated at-home color or the time and expense of a traditional salon. And for me, I don't really do much hair dye for, for my own hair, but what I do love about Madison Reed is they make it super simple. So even if it's been a little while, you can go on their website and just go through all of their sort of um, selection process and make sure that you're finding the exact right shade for you. And many Madison Reed clients comment on how their new hair color has improved their lives. Women really love the results. Gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy looking hair. This is truly game changing color you can do at home and look as if you just came from the salon. What makes Madison Reed Color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones to create over 55 gorgeous multidimensional shades. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. Autopsy listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code LASTHOURS. That's code LASTHOURS. In April 2002... Rap star Lisa Left Eye Lopez was killed in a mysterious car crash. She was driving on a quiet road in good weather. Forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating how this 30-year-old icon of urban music 
died with no obvious explanation for her sudden fatal crash. So far, I've discovered that Lisa had a history of alcohol abuse. However, I've also seen that there was no evidence that she had been drinking at the time of the accident. But I wonder if there was something else impairing her ability to drive. Dr. Sabi, who ran the retreat, appears to have been a huge advocate for the use of marijuana. If Lisa had been high while she was driving, she could have easily lost concentration. I say, well, the compounds I've been giving your nephew that had, that was autistic, that now is talking was marijuana. Based on Dr. Sabi's claims, it's certainly possible that marijuana was available for use at the retreat and there have been suggestions that Lisa used it in the past. But without a toxicology report, I'm unable to determine whether she had any in her system at the time of her crash. However, there are other possibilities for potential impairment, particularly in terms of Lisa's diet and lifestyle at the retreat. April 3rd, 2002, Honduras, 22 days to Lisa's death. Lisa is still strictly following a regime of herb and plant extracts, but her prodigy's girl band, Egypt, are in the local supermarket. The retreat's diet of juices and raw vegetables has finally broken them, and they stock up on junk food. When I would see them going in the store trying to sneak, you know, some Kit Kats or whatever, I'm like, you guys, really? <laughs> and they're, like, trying to hide it. But Lisa is not impressed. I think that was disappointing because they'd been there all that way and somehow maybe she felt like she still hadn't gotten through with them. It's clear that Lisa took the regimen at the retreat very seriously and on occasion there is evidence she took it to extremes. Now are you on a fast right now? Somebody yeah. said you're yes, fasting. Yes, I am. How long is the fast going to last? 40 days. And where are you now? Um, 11. And how does it feel? <clears throat> feels wonderful. Do you I, have I, any, any food at all, any substance? Yeah, well, no, I drink juice, water, drink sea moss. After just a few days without proper levels of food, the body has burned most of its reserves of fat, and it starts to break down muscle. Without the usual supply of sugars, brain processes become compromised. Lisa's 40-day fast had the potential to be very dangerous because eating no food for long periods has been shown to be damaging to all the major organs, and it can impair cognitive functioning. I think for her, fasting was about a cleanse. It was about not just a physical cleanse, but almost a mental one, a means of asserting a sense of, of control. One has to wonder if this is something that she does when she feels things beginning to spiral, when she feels that there's a bit of chaos going on, that she'll fast, and that will kind of make her feel grounded. But reports show that at the time of her death, Lisa wasn't fasting. However, she was on a restricted diet, and lack of food could certainly have affected her powers of concentration and caused dizzy spells. This could have affected her ability to function correctly when behind the wheel. Added to that, she was also exercising. 8 a.m., April 4th, 2002. Usha Healing Village, Honduras. 21 days to Lisa's death. 
Lisa is drilling girl band Egypt in a dance routine she's choreographed for their TV debut. As well as being on a restricted vegetarian diet, Lisa and her team are exercising in the heat of the Honduras jungle. The temperatures would have been over 90 degrees, and this could be dangerous, since heat, exercise, and a restricted diet can result in dehydration and fatigue. And fatigue could certainly have played a part in Lisa's crash. I mean, there were times that you felt tired, but we're, at, we're in Usha. I mean, it might be 95 to 100 degrees. I mean, there were times that people was like, man, I just feel so tired. But Dr. Hunter believes he's discovered something else that could have affected Lisa's ability to function correctly. I've found evidence that suggests that as well as a strict diet and exercise, Dr. Sabi's regimen included drinking a powerful Schedule One drug. The great Ebola, the plant that relaxes the body and places the body in a state of bliss. There could be no emotional problem. Ibaga or Ibogaine can be used to treat addiction. The compound works by blocking the receptors in the brain that trigger cravings, halting withdrawal symptoms. But it's also a powerful hallucinogen. And I can see in the weeks before her death, she could have been experiencing extreme reactions to the drug. 3 a.m., April 5th, 2002. Usha Village. Lisa has 20 days to live. Lisa's been drinking Dr. Sebi's plant and herb extracts for a week now. And she's been talking to her dead father. Lisa talked to me about communicating with my dad after he passed away, but I don't remember the exact conversation she had with him, but she definitely had a conversation. Yes. She, she felt the presence of her father's energy. She felt that we all were energy, that we were all energy in the universe. It's not clear whether Lisa was hallucinating because of something she'd been taking or whether she was experiencing mental health issues. Either way, she was clearly in a fragile mental state in the lead up to her death. And there is evidence that Lisa had often had psychological struggles in the past. In 1994, Lisa was sentenced to time at an alcohol recovery center in Atlanta. But her boyfriend, Andre Ryson, seemed to have forgotten about her. I knew he wasn't really coming to visit like I would have wanted him to. And I was frustrated. Oh, when I got out to visit him, I wrote, Love. Actually, I carved love into my arm. Lisa carved the word love on her arm with a razor blade. You're saying really mean things. Over top of the word love, I started writing the word hate. H-A-T-E. She cuts and she displays the cuts. And these aren't just simple cuts. She'll, she'll carve words into her um, arm. So clearly she's going through a lot of psychological pain. 
Looking through the accounts of Lisa's time at Usha Village, I can see there was a hugely traumatic event which would have undoubtedly impacted Lisa's increasingly fragile mental state. 8 p.m., April 6th, 2002, Usha Village, Honduras. 19 days before Lisa's death. Lisa and her group have been in Usha Village for a week, and Lisa and her PA, Stephanie, are driving to the local town. Her assistant, Stephanie, was driving, and there was a family crossing the road. And the family had crossed already, but there was one little boy left. And they told him, don't, like, wait. And he went ahead and ran out. And that's when the um, vehicle struck the boy, and they took him to the hospital, and he did die at the hospital. For Lisa, that was kind of like another situation to where someone else, you know, dies and, you know, it's kind of her event. And his last name was Lopez. Then the boy had the name Lopez, you know, so for Lisa, it was just like, okay, it's, it's kind of getting closer and closer. Lisa and Stephanie were exonerated of all blame for the tragedy. But the boy's death had a profound impact on Lisa. Your brain is not set up to deal with that type of trauma, right? So just the sights and the sounds that day would have been something that would have been played back in her mind over and over again. You're going to feel a sense of guilt, even though she wasn't driving the car. That's not how the brain works. You know, you, it works on what ifs and if onlys and had I done something different. And it's very hard to rest from those. The death of the child would have profoundly affected Lisa. And I could see that in the days leading up to her death, her mood became increasingly darker. I think Lisa felt like um, death was coming. And, you know, maybe it got this boy by accident instead of her. Toward the end, she was feeling that a darkness was kind of coming in. She felt an energy that was coming to a close for her. The, the end of her time on, on Earth with us. Had Lisa been predicting her own death? In spring 2002, rap star Lisa Lopez brought friends and family to an alternative therapy center in remote coastal Honduras. But two weeks before Lisa was killed in a car crash, the SUV she was a passenger in hit and killed a 10-year-old boy. Dr. Michael Hunter is applying his 20 years of experience as a medical examiner to the circumstances surrounding her death. Lisa was in a fragile mental state at Usha Village, and I've seen how the death of the boy seems to have pushed her into an even darker mood. But in her final hours, the account suggests she bounced back. 6.30 a.m., April 25th, 2002, Usha Village. Lisa and her entourage have just four days to go before returning to the U.S. Today, like any day, the morning kicks off with yoga. 
So we would wake up with the rising of the sun, and first thing we would do is yoga. Lisa's early morning yoga sessions would have had an effect on her mood. Yoga lowers heart rate and blood pressure and improves circulation and oxygenation of the blood. It also improves muscle tone, lung function, coordination, and flexibility. And it releases endorphins, which give a sense of well-being. After breakfast, I just remember, for some reason, she changed into a black dress, you know. So I didn't think anything of it at the time, you know. But looking back on it, I'm like, you know, wow, you know, how symbolic was that? We're going to go to Sambo Creek and get some shots. Just get footage of the whole, the vibe, you know what I mean? 5 p.m., April 25th, Usha Village. Lisa decides it's time for a road trip. Lisa said she wanted to take her group Egypt down to a little village, maybe about 10 minutes away. It's called Sambo Creek to get some pictures of the girls as a group before we leave. Everybody got into the van. I mean, the, the camera crew got in. Um, Lisa, Egypt, my sister Rain. I'm sitting on the first row with the group Egypt, because there was so many of us, it was four of us on that seat. As the SUV departs Usha Village, the cameraman continues to film Lisa driving with a box of cards in her hand. I was annoyed that the cameraman was filming her while she was driving, you know, with the cards, showing the cards. So in my mind, I'm like, you know, well, if I take the cards, then he can't film her with the cards anymore. So that's when I asked Lisa for the cards. And when I looked back up, we were swerving off the road. The red SUV leaves the road and rolls over several times before coming to rest in a ditch. There is no sign of any other car. I just remember waking up or coming to and realized like I was still alive. Lisa has been thrown from the SUV and is lying away from the wreck in the long grass. Lisa! So I could see her from the side, and what I saw, I knew she was gone. Because she didn't look like Lisa. Like, Lisa's spirit was so big that it, like, shined through her body. So when I saw her body, I knew she was gone. And it wasn't her. Lisa is taken to a nearby hospital, but is pronounced dead on arrival. It's so sad. Pacientes uh, ingresaron ayer a las 18 horas, 6 de la tarde. En el accidente, en forma instantánea, falleció eh, una persona de nombre, perdón, Lisa López López. Singer Lisa Lefty López of the Grammy Award-winning R&B group TLC died during the night. Her record company says that she was killed in a car crash while vacationing in Honduras. 
When Lisa Lopez died, that was a big, big story. It because it was just somebody so young. It was TLC. I ran up my driveway and ran inside the house and started my computer and turned on CNN. And just as the computer came up, the they had cut on TV to show the accident as well. And Lisa had not been drinking, and the police report said there was no other vehicle involved. She was apparently driving in broad daylight on a deserted road. But I found new evidence that explains why Lisa was the only fatality in this crash. Lisa Lopez died after her car suddenly and mysteriously spun out of control. Renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is analyzing the forensic and circumstantial evidence to build a picture of what happened on that day. I have been the lead forensic pathologist on numerous car crash investigations, which are often fraught with difficulties. But sometimes the crash site and witness testimonies, along with the forensic investigation, can tell us as much or more than an autopsy can. So far, I have established that despite Lisa's history of alcohol addiction, she had not been drinking at the time of the crash. There was also no evidence of Lisa taking illegal drugs before the fatal accident. However, Lisa and her entourage had spent almost four weeks at a mysterious retreat in Honduras, the brainchild of Dr. Sebi, the self-styled doctor. His treatments and advice had dominated Lisa's life in the years before her death. However, I can find no direct evidence to show that Lisa had taken anything at the retreat that could have led to her death. But I am concerned by her restricted diet and the fact she was exercising in the heat of the jungle. This could have made her feel weak, experienced dizziness, and led to a lapse of concentration. Added to that, first-hand accounts suggest Lisa's mental health had been deteriorating during her stay. She'd been talking to her dead father and was also predicting her own passing after a crash involving the death of a young boy. Therefore, her mind may not have been completely on the job of driving a packed vehicle to a photo shoot. Having established Lisa's possible unstable psychological state and looking deeper into the video footage, I can now piece together what I believe happened on that faithful day. At around 5 p.m., Lisa and her party set out for the village of Sambo Creek. After just a few miles, she lost control of the SUV. Initial reports say there were no other vehicles involved. But by slowing down the video footage being shot by a documentary cameraman at the time and watching frame by frame, at the point Lisa swerves, a red shape is visible in the extreme right of the frame. By zooming in, we can see it's a red car, and Lisa appears to be swerving to avoid hitting it. Lisa was forced to take evasive action, 
whether her reaction time had been compromised by Dr. Sabi's regimen or her possible mental health issues, we'll never know. But there is one more mystery I need to examine. Lisa's sudden evasive maneuvers caused the SUV to roll over several times. And as it rolled over, Lisa was thrown from the vehicle and was found several feet from the wreckage. On closer inspection of the crash footage, I can see that as the camera pans back to the road, it briefly moves across the bottom of Lisa's seat. Lisa does not appear to have been wearing a seatbelt. The vehicle skidded to the side and flipped over several times before coming to rest in a ravine. Lisa's autopsy lists the cause of death as, quote, fracture of the base of the cranium and open cerebral trauma. And I can see from the footage that the front windshield of the car seems to be intact, so Lisa was probably thrown through the side window. Looking at the footage taken prior to the accident, I can spot what looks like a reflection on the window, which suggests to me that the side window is closed. Lisa suffered massive head injuries as she went through the window and landed on the ground. The car would have then rolled onto her, causing multiple broken bones and internal injuries. Her injuries would have been massive, her death instantaneous. But for Lisa, left eye Lopez to be taken just shy of her 31st birthday seemed difficult for many of her fans to bear. Some bore flowers or paintings, some brought their children, others brought their parents. Lisa was an innocent soul with the best intention to do good in the world. Her troubled background led her to embrace a worldview that rejected modern science in favor of unfounded alternatives. But I don't think that had any impact on her last hours. In the end, her mind was likely compromised by her extreme diet and her powers of concentration were weakened. But had she been wearing a seatbelt, she would probably have survived. Lisa was the most honest person I've ever known. I think that's why she was so influential. She was not afraid to make the honesty part of the show. Lisa was only five feet, you know, a little more than 100 pounds, but she would make her presence known. For such a small person, she had a very huge personality. Lisa's spirit was so just strong and big, and just her walking in a room, it was just like she didn't even have to say anything. You can just feel her energy and just feel the power. I miss everything about her. I miss her smile. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. 